All right. This is just going to be a unique episode in the way I'm going to present this animal. All right. You get to go first. I know. You get to right. introduce us and everything. Do it, do it, do it. I'm going to pull it up. Ready? Hey, this is Maggie. And Ashley. And you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool, from basic biology to the threats they face and what people are doing about it, all while under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> So glad you specified. Yes. I guess we could be under the influence of a lot of things. Could be. It's always been alcohol. One time it was tequila. That was a rough night. Also alcohol. Also alcohol, but not wine. Yes. We've also been under the influence of beer. Beer. We've done that before. Um, And I feel like uh, drugs, uh, like prescription drugs, (laughs) medications. We kept medications. Benadryl. Benadryl. Tylenol, Mucinex, oh, you yes, name it. Oh, definitely Mucinex. Allergy meds. But tonight, well, for me, it's just wine still. Just wine. Let's just keep it at wine tonight. <laughs> Let's just... uh, maybe some of those fumes from the um, nail polish remover. I'm, I'm currently removing nail polish. She's all about multitasking. This I one. just got lots to do. So she's like, she's like, you're ready to start the episode? I'm like, yeah. And then she washed it in the bathroom to get nail polish remover. And I was like, are you? Are, are you ready are to you start ready? this episode? Um, so, so listen, guys, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's your time. I am under the influence, and I researched this animal while under the influence. Perfect. I don't know how my notes are going to go. I don't know how the description of this animal is going to go. Slash, I still have an article up about it that I'm going to just read from at points because... Let's do it. I feel like this is going to be drunk history at its finest. Sweet. Except... Natural. Drunk natural history. Natural. Damn it. That's what we should have called this. We really missed the ball on that. Well, whatever. I still think the watering hole is pretty creative. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a new series. Okay. So um, you're doing all right, though, otherwise? Life is I'm good. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. I would say pretty good. Um, no, maybe I had just a real heart to heart, and we're not going to put that on the podcast. No, was, that's actually true. I wonder. Hey. pretty good. I would like to know, would anybody like to hear more of our heart to hearts? Because we do, we start out our episodes just catching up and yeah. talking about, we're shooting the shit, really. Yeah, but we're also like, what do we put on the podcast and what do we not share with the world? Right, because sometimes what we share with each other is really inappropriate or immature or graphic or childish like we're just all over the grid also sometimes just personal i don't think graphic is necessarily a, a catch-all for what we uh i'm just about. i'm thinking back to that time i told you a whole lot of dick <laughs> dude i gotta cut that out of this one too maggie maybe you can cut whatever you want we'll out. see how generous you're the I'm editor feeling. But yeah, I was just going to say, what do you guys want to hear more of? Obviously, you're here for the animals, but like, yeah. do you care about our lives? Do you yeah. want to Do you want to know us better? Yeah. If you do, uh, I'm just going to keep saying yeah. Check us out on the Watering Hole Pod yeah. on Instagram. We've done a really shitty job of advertising our podcast on, well, well, or ad- advertising our Instagram this yeah, season. Yeah, that's true. But we can figure it out. So anyway, let us know. We, we love feedback from you guys. Also, we want to hear what kinds of animals you want us to feature. Yeah. Like, we're good at 
coming up with these weird we have things creatures, we want to talk about but you're the ones listening so right so what do you like to hear do you want more mammals do you want more reptiles fish do you want stuff that you've never heard of fish. or do you want like the regular stuff that you do know oh i know that al's gonna be like give us more insects fish Ugh, gross yeah I think fish are cool. I used to hate fish. I think I probably talked about this. I used to hate fish. And then I went, well, I learned about, well, I learned about the lateral line, which is like, right. And I'll be all, but also I went scuba diving for the first time. And I was like, Whoa. oh, like being underwater with fish. You're like, oh, they're not nearly as They scary. have such worlds. <laughs> but for real. They do. Um, but yeah, what do you want? Also like, what do you want? Like we talk a lot about like basic biology, but do you want us to like pick out weird like articles or weird conservation stories do you want more science or do you want it in the layman's terms do you want us to get drunker actually that's yeah. important yeah I, I i would say we can judge the drunk i don't know what episode we've been the least drunk i would say most drunk would be our holiday special yeah i talked at large about cat penises so holiday special or so, whatever episode we drank tequila during that actually really was a good one it my they one of my good. co-workers I, I told him to listen to our podcast on, on a long flight that he had coming up. He pulled it up and he goes, oh my gosh. And, I, and he started laughing and I said, oh, are you looking at the bonus episode? And he goes, yes. Puzzle dicks, Maggie? Really? <laughs> I was like, you're going to love it. And then he texted me afterwards and was like, yep, I definitely was drinking an IPA on that plane and nearly snorted it out my nose. Perfect. <laughs> so cool. So that's what we want you guys to do. More or less puzzle dicks. Do you want more or less puzzle dicks? I thought you were saying it's more or less puzzle dicks. <laughs> oh no! It's like what? I don't get it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about like, an animal this week. Please. Um, That's kind of why we're here. I don't know what kind of hint oh, yeah. to give you. I like this guessing game part. Though. I love it. It's one of my favorite favorite parts. I know. So you um, can what? I was going to say, you could give me, if you have a scientific name, I could guess off of that, unless it's really obvious. It's not It's not obvious. You do you, Maggie. I don't know how to do me right now. Oh, <laughs> Maggie's lost I'm herself. Lost. It's one of those deep uh, conversations. Okay, so it's, it's, it's Latin name is Cellus fimbriatus. Cellus fimbriatus. If you, if you know your Latin, yes, it does give it away. Yeah, I don't know my Latin, but... It, Chelonia is like turtles. Is it a turtle? Mm-hmm. Fibriosis. Like F- fibers? F- fimbriatus? Fimbriatus. <laughs> so close. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Is it fibrous? It's a fibrous turtle. It's an F word. Fuck turtle. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, no. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad I got turtle. So, so Tell me. Chelus fimbriatus translates to fringed tortoise. Oh. I would like to point out that in my tipsy state of taking notes, I wrote fringered tortoise. Same difference. Fringered. The amount of times I've said, oh, look at this fringered tortoise. So I chose to do the Mata Mata turtle. Oh, I don't even know that one. Oh, it's pretty fucking weird. Oh, I'm excited. It. it I wrote down the weirdest, creepiest turtle you ever did see. Creepiest turtle? Guys. I'm sorry. Have you not heard of a Suriname toad? <laughs> They're all, the, Which is almost what I did. Suriname toad. Look, it, it looks about as creepy as my turtle. It carries its baby in its back. 
all of its baby all the eggs a lot of spiders do that it's disgusting and then they basically you know the the there's like the fear of of lots of holes together don't look at this turtle if you have that fear anyway it it makes me want to look it makes me look at it and i just want to scratch it all off Oh, anyway, so the Mata Mata turtle. Please. In Spanish, Mata Mata means kill, kill. Fun fact. Fuck. We're on a good trajectory here. Also, what's the Mata with a turtle? Nothing. It's a Mata Mata. (laughs) That was a headline I read. That was not my joke. I'm better at jokes than that. (laughs) You're like, I'm not claiming this. Also, it's not great. Meanwhile, if it was good, she would have taken this it. This turtle is a freshwater turtle. It was discovered in 1741, and it has been renamed 14 times <laughs> since. <laughs> I was like, what do we call this thing, man? What does it look like? Please to, tell me. My, my, I haven't Googled it yet. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is great. Don't look at it yet. Okay. My notes to myself, it looks like a leafy dinosaur. Oh. Um, it's that a, makes me think of the the... Lamb before time. Yeah, he has his star leaf. Oh, tree star. Tree star. Mm, little foot. Is that cute? It's not that cute. No, nope. it's a large sedentary turtle found Ooh. in fresh waters of South America in Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Venezuela, and parts of Brazil and the Guyanas. Okay, can I ask, how did you find out about this turtle? We got to give it up to Adam once again. He's gotten like the most throw throw. He's gotten the most shout, shout outs. Out. <laughs> throwbacks whatever it's fine i hope he even listens to this podcast adam come here for the record adam is like my big brother can we just name this podcast adam this one's for you (laughs) dude do it he's helping me move to maine he's flying up from florida to drive the u-haul I've got some really great friends. Thank you. All right, Adam, this one's for you. Uh, okay, so that's how I heard about this turtle. When he said it, I was like, what the fuck is that? But perfect. They, as I mentioned, lived in freshwater, but more specifically, slow-moving blackwater streams, so ponds and things as well that a lot of leaf litter can collect. As okay. I said, they look like a leafy dinosaur. Yeah. They have evolved to look like that leaf litter. They prefer just standing in the water. They do not move a whole heck of a lot. Damn. That sounds like my mom in the water. I think this is the second time you've described your mother and water together. My mom loves the lazy river. And we'll go to water parks and all she cares about is the lazy river. She just wants to stand in water. I literally think you've said this before on the podcast. Oh, I hope she's listening as she decorates a Christmas tree. As she's decorating a Christmas tree. So how big are they? They're roughly uh, 15 kilograms or 33 pounds. Oh. They can grow 16 to 20 inches. Chunky. Whatever that is in centimeters. Let's see. 16 to 20 inches is like the width of a dinner table. No, that's way too big. That's too big. Uh, Your forearm. Yeah. Forearm. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Totally moving on. Totally different than a kitchen table. No. Also, I feel like kitchen table is not a legit, like a regulated size. Certainly not. Most a lot of people have round kitchen tables. Um, we're just sitting at my kitchen table. Maggie's kitchen table. So. For those of you who would like to reference size, yeah. uh, Maggie's kitchen table is now our measuring frame stick. Of reference. Yeah. As with most turtles, they live long. They have a long life. They, oh dear God. Longevity is on their side. 
40 to 75 years. We're like, this is going to be a quick episode. <laughs> well, hey, I did I did preface this with I'm going to be in, in a good state. Rare form. Rare form. Except, like, I often say I'm in rare form. And then it's a very common and, and form. It, this is just the predictable form. <laughs> exactly. So, as I said, their shell is meant to resemble bark. They have a large triangular flat head and their neck is longer than their vertebra. Oh, I don't like that. Nope, nope, mm. nope, nope. But that comes in handy when they eat. Getting... Can you tell me when I can Google it? You can, it, you can, can I Google it You now? can Google it anytime you want. And the way it looks, if you've never seen one of these guys before, they've got a wide mouth, narrow snout, and they kind of look like they're smiling when you first see them. They look really weird. Mata, <laughs> Mata, Mata turtle. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I've just Googled them. They're very unique. Yes. But like... Creepiest turtle you ever did see. I just feel like it looks like their head spilled out of their shell. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Like, they look like they were a turtle that had, like, their head all up. And then they're like, oh, I got too much neck. And they're just, like, on the ground. And then they're like, all right, we'll just leave it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're like, their neck is too long. Their neck is far too long. No one needs to You would think so. But. I feel like. Oh, my God. Look. Have you seen their skeleton? Yeah. It's really fucking weird. What's the point of the show if you're just going to have your neck that far out? Sorry. You you have more to talk about. I do, but I can't, like, totally answer your questions. They have their, – their narrow snout is used like a snorkel because they spend all of their time – they spend 99% of their time underwater <gasps> hanging out. They have very poor eyesight. That's, that's their basic biology. I'm just going to end that really abruptly and awkwardly because that's where my notes end. No worries. Um, habitat, we've talked about. They prefer standing in the water and they don't move a whole lot. I think I said that already. Mm-hmm. Dear God. Well, you said sedentary and I was like, like really sedentary? But For I guess sure. so. So that is evident in the way that they eat. They eat small fish and invertebrates. And what they do is they remain perfectly still until a fish comes close and then they thrust out their head with that long ass neck, open its mouth as wide as possible, and they create a low pressure vacuum that sucks the prey into their mouth, known as suction feeding. <laughs> kind of like if you slurp spaghetti. <gasps> That's a dream, isn't it? It is. And I then, guess I can see. I guess the neck comes in handy. I can't this neck. It's insane. They can. They can just move their neck around to get food. While they just sit there, they snap their mouth shut and then the water is slowly expelled out of their mouth and they swallow the fish whole. Nice. Which is pretty impressive. They can't chew because of how wide and flat their mouth is. That's why they have to swallow it whole. They're like, I do what I must. Mata Mata is a rural New Zealand town that was the shooting location for Hobbiton in Lord <gasps> of the Rings. Oh, beautiful. And so a lot of people were like, is that where they live? No, not at all. So if you know of Mata Mata, New Zealand, forget it. It has nothing to do with these turtles because they're only found in South Get America. Get rid of that information. Yeah. It's useless. So these turtles, as, as some turtles are consumed for turtle soup, these guys are not eaten because they they're don't. they're difficult to catch and and consume they're just not they're tasty. difficult is it are they hard to find they're hard to find i was gonna say they don't seem like they're super fast no no um 
But they also don't look super tasty. I will say they're super cool looking. So th- they, I they have read, even though they're not, they don't move a lot, they have like ninja-like maneuvering. So Shit. they can just escape and evade. And their thick skin and shells, which like I said, look like leaves or bark, are rather tough and sturdy. So natural pet predators can't easily eat them. Okay. But it's, so they can pull that giant ass head and neck into their body. Yes. I can't. It's so crazy how, like, they're just a very thick neck. Actually, just as you said that, I read something, because uh, I, like I said earlier in this episode, I have an article still pulled up on mm-hmm. my site, uh, computer. I can't. Words. Um, they're hard. The, the question says, can Mata Mata turtles retreat into their shells? Nope. That's the answer. So they oh. can't. It's a myth that all turtles can hide underneath their shells. Some of them are side-necked turtles. And that means they can only crane their neck sideways rather than completely withdrawing them. Ooh. That is the case with the Mata Mata. I'd love to see where I wrote down how they breed. I know that I did write this down. Or maybe I'm just envisioning, imagining. Let's see if I can Google that real quick. Mate. Do they mate for life? We don't know because there aren't a lot of them. There's not a lot of research done on them. But I however, I didn't know they existed, and I feel like I know a however, lot of weird animals. They do have complex mating rituals oh. that suggest a certain kind of monogamy. <gasps> Males will extend their heads towards the female. Not while, hard. Their necks are so long. <laughs> while opening and closing their mouths, and then they'll flex their legs. <laughs> Ew. And move their skin flaps all around. Oh, sounds like regular <laughs> human males. God, males are so disgusting. <laughs> the female can then, she has the choice of accepting or rejecting these proposals. Reject. Uh, Hard man, no. If I had a nickel for every time I had to reject a man and his Flappy skin, skin flaps. <laughs> so many nickels. Oh my God, I don't think I'd have any nickels. Oh God. It's disgusting. Um, no one wants that. They do mate only once per year. They lay like ten, 12 to 28 eggs at a time, which are very small. Oh. And then they take 200 days until they hatch. Wow, that feels like a long time. Unlike most turtles that lay their eggs in open, sunny, and sandy places, the Mata Mata has other ideas. <laughs> It buries its eggs in closed or excavated locations. This is one of the few times it will actually exit the water mm-hmm. to lay its eggs. And they will make a nest out of decaying vegetation Ooh. in these swampy lands in which they live. Interesting. The Mata Mata don't care about their babies after, they're, after they lay their eggs. There's very little parental care. They very much. Have I ever talked to you about the brush turkey? No, maybe. So I think these are a couple different... I don't know if the brush turkey is a species of turkey or like a kind of turkey, but brush turkeys will make these like big, huge leaf debris nest and mm-hmm. lay their eggs in there. And then the heat from the decaying leaves will incubate will them. Incubate them. Uh-huh. And then when the um, the young are born, they're pretty much precocial. Like they're ready to go. Oh, they wow, really? They require no parental care. Again, I'm a little bit into wine, but I think that's correct. But yeah, look up brush turkeys and precocial young because it sounds like a very similar thing, but just in turtles, which is really cool. For sure, for sure. So one thing that is interesting about the young compared to the adults, they actually are quite colorful when they're born. As a, like when the adults are look the brownish color with the Leafy. decaying leaves, yeah. So they're more pinkish and red when they're born. 
Um, oh, baby, mother, mother. They can't. Oh, yeah, they're crazy. When they're babies, like, their head is the size of their body. So they just, like, like look super It looks long. really weird. Uh, one they're fun so fact weird. or fun question. Yeah. We talked about those skin flaps. Yes, we did. Why do Mata Mata turtles have so many skin flaps? That's what one of my <gasps> sources asks. Is it for surface area? I mean, kind of. Can you okay. expand on that? Well, I know for like... Okay, I know one example is like hellbenders are, are kind of salamander. I almost did them. With, so did I. Good. We have said this <gasps> a lot of times. I love hellbenders. But I was like, there's just so much about hellbenders, I mm-hmm. feel like, because they're... A pretty crazy species. But anyway, so they're really wrinkly. They're they're the third largest salamander. They're really wrinkly. They have tons of skin flaps, but that allows for more surface area for because they breathe through their skin. But I'm guessing these guys don't breathe through their skin, so I don't I don't know. So um, that's where I've come to. There's a there's a couple theories. So multiple skin flaps. Uh, there's a theory that it helps them to look like more dead leaves okay. floating in the water. Solid theory. But scientists have discovered that all of these skin flaps have lots of nerves in them. <gasps> oh, damn. We're just not yet sure what those nerves do. Yeah. It's possible that it helps them to feel vibrations and sounds in the water so that they know where they can go to get food. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you're like sedated, set sedentary sedentary like being able to feel what's going on around you is really really helpful yeah finishing up mata mata turtles aren't rare or endangered you can see them in uh, a zoo or a wildlife exhibit that's showcasing them i've never seen them before i i I i'm sure you have because they look i mean you're looking at it right now but i'm sure i mean my reaction was genuine i have i do not recall seeing these things before they're but very, they're crazy. Very, very strange anyway. So yeah, the, that's the Mata Mata Turtle. And <sighs> I think you guys should check them out. If you haven't Googled it already, you're going to be like, whoa, it's so weird looking. But, I, but love it. I love it. It's pretty cool to just think like that's a turtle. But then also the loggerhead sea turtle is a turtle. And they look so different. I love diversity. I love diversity. It's crazy. Like, it is. Like, just looking, I think that's one of my favorite things about the animal world is just, like, there's fucking whale sharks and there's mata mata turtles and, like, evolution they is both super exist. Cool, guys, we've got such a cool, unique planet. We gotta Ugh. take care of it. It's just, uh, the shit we got on this planet, Yeah, it's, it's nuts. We're it's, in real deep and I haven't even gotten into my animal yet. It's dope. Okay, yeah, I want to hear about yours. Well, thank you for introducing me to... I feel like this might sound really conceited of me, but I feel like it's rare that I find a new animal where I'm like, I've like never even heard of that. I think that's legit. And this was like one of them where I was just like, what am I looking at? And I'm just so excited to like even learn more. I feel like I want to go home and be like, what else? What else? What else? I know. I probably should. No, not say that makes it sound like you weren't doing a good job. I wasn't. Let's be honest. It's me just wanting to dig deeper and deeper. Well, I'm glad I could help you out. Thank you. In your learning adventure. But I want to hear about yours. Yes. I think you know what mine is. And if you don't, I'm really sad for you. I really hope I can guess it. But you don't. Okay. Every time we play this game, when I have to guess yours, you put this pressure on me that I can't handle because every time I'm like, (gasps) she knows knows so much and she took like animal biology. I didn't do that. Yeah, like years ago. But then it's like really... Yeah, but you did this in school. I didn't. Okay. I am just in... You shouldn't feel the pressure. I feel so much 
pressure. Well, don't. I think you can guess this one. Let's try it. Wait, I have a description that goes a little something a li- like this. Like a li- <laughs> it gives you a little bit more each time. Okay. So guess when you feel ready. Okay. <laughs> so first, it's a bird. Caca. It's relatively small. Okay. So think like in its general like family small. It's sandy colored. It's got bright yellow eyes. It's got how I describe long little legs. Uh, I'm thinking like in the sandpiper family. No, but the legs I feel like are on the right track and it lives underground. We already did the kiwi bird. Big bright yellow eyes. Big bright Sandy colored bird. Oh, is it a burrowing owl? Yes! Yes! 100% one one of my top 10 birds. This episode is definitely for Adam because he works with burrowing owls. Does he really? Well, he, like, tangentially, he does seabirds, but he and his team also do burrowing owl stuff. So this is totally for you, bud. But yes, burrowing owls. So So cool. So, uh, burrowing owls or Athene cunicularia. <gasps> I love which, this. Right? Which I don't actually know what the Latin is, but Athene. Athena is like Athena, who was the, is the goddess of wisdom in war. Greek mythology. Yes. Goddess of war, but she like her whole symbol is like a, an owl. Yeah. Which is like super cool. Also in uh, the original Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. And that owl had a name. Oh my God. What was its name? Boobo! Boobo the owl! Oh my god. Such a sweet owl. I knew, I could hear its name. I just, I could hear its noises. I couldn't remember. Maggie's throwback. But yes, so our burrowing owls, they're in the order of Strigoformes family, Strigidae. Say that three times fast. Order Strigoformes family, Strigidae. Just gonna say it once. But like I said, these guys are relatively small for the owl family. Mm -hmm. They are very tiny. Um, I only have the inches. I don't have the centimeters. But so their uh, size is they're generally between seven and a half to ten inches tall. So not super big mm-hmm. with a wingspan of 21 to 24 inches. And they weigh typically between four and a half and nine ounces. Not that much. So they're pretty small. And remember what I said? They have these long little legs. So their <laughs> legs make up a good portion of their height. Like mm-hmm. of that seven and a half to ten inches a lot of its leg they're very leggy um but so their name is accurate for once i feel like there's so many animals where you're like that's not fucking accurate right, right. but these guys do burrow they live underground specifically they live in grasslands deserts and other open area habitats the one time i've seen burrowing owls in the wild yeah. i saw them in the badlands really yes and it was such a great site so the badlands are a national park in south dakota thank you maggie and i saw them because we were looking at a ton of fucking prairie dogs which a lot of people have i feel like there's some hate for prairie dogs but i think prairie dogs are super cute and super cool i think they're silly i think yeah they're just precious and i'm looking and then i saw something and i was like it's not a fucking prairie dog and it was a burrowing <laughs> owl that's so cool um, so they live in very similar areas so they're found throughout north and so- central and south america I always think of them as living out west in the mm-hmm. Badlands because that's where I saw them. And then I rem- read, remember that they lived in Florida. Florida! And do you remember the book Hoot? Did you read the book Hoot growing up? No. 
Okay, so there's a young adult fiction book called Who. It was also made into a movie. Oh. But it's about this, like, these, like, young kids saving a popular, like, saving a group of, cool. of growing owls. Go kids. But I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that did take place in Florida. But so they're in parts of Florida. They're in Florida, parts of the Southwest. Some of them are permanent residents, but they also migrate. So northern mer- birds will migrate south, reaching southern Mexico and Central America. Some will say again in Florida and also east uh, from the Great Plains. But like I said, they do burrow. So some will dig burrows themselves. Burrow. But a lot of times they'll steal from prairie dogs, ground squirrels, or tortoises. Cool. Do they use their wings at all to create a burrow? To cr- Like to dig? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I have no follow-up. What do you say, Adam? Um, uh, yeah, Adam, let us know. Uh, this episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> I'm not sure how exactly they dig, per se, but I know that they do They do fly. They will fly. Like, they're not <laughs> they are. They are a bird. They are. Well, there's flightless birds, but they are, they are not flightless. They do fly, but they spend a lot of time underground. They also have been known to nest in piles of, like, PVC piping oh. um, or... How it was put in this article, layers unintentionally provided by humans. So finding other areas to kind of burrow, other places um, that are burrow-like. One fact that I found super fucking cool. Ooh, I um, love those kinds of facts. Is that they have a higher tolerance for carbon dioxide than other birds. And oh. that's because it's an adapt to living underground. Underground. Where if you spend time underground, uh, gases like carbon dioxide are going to accumulate in higher levels so so it's a good adaption to have but isn't that super cool that they're like oh we've been underground for so long so like carbon dioxide is like eh, so that's all right that makes me wonder are there a lot of mammals and insects that have adapted to exist with more higher levels of carbon dioxide than others? probably like prairie dogs more so than beavers yeah that's a good question we should look into this. We should. But that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. cool. Um, in terms of hunting. Okay. In terms I just, of- I'm so sorry. I just had a moment where you said in terms of hunting and I was like, what fucking animal are we talking about? <laughs> Always a good moment to have. I also meant to say in terms of diet, these guys hunt. <laughs> good. We're all on board here. It's oh, fine. God. But they mainly hunt insects and rodents. <laughs> they've also been known to store extra food to ensure that when they have a nice brood that they can adequately supply it cool um smart forward thinking this is also again directly from an article which don't the worry way, i did a lot of plagiarizing when i talked about but that turtle i will say all about or i was gonna say all about orgs allaboutbirds.org oh, is yeah. such a good resource. Like, it is. It just provides so much information in, so, like, in such a nice way and like easy to read and fun things like when food is plentiful, the birds' underground larders can reach prodigious sizes. Oh, wow. So these guys can store a lot of fucking food, which is like me, but my food always goes bad. So <laughs> <laughs> Gotta um, get those non-perishables. <laughs> apparently. But uh, there was one storage, I guess, observed in Saskatchewan in 1997, and it contained more than 200 rodents. Whoa. Just stored underground, oh which is insanity. Preparing for the apocalypse, Apparently. We? I mean, 1997, two th- 2000 was coming up, so they <laughs> this owl was ready. So some other fun facts before I get into their conservation. Yeah, please. Also, I feel like I haven't adequately really described them. 
You know what? I uh, besides that the hints that you gave me, maybe you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. You described their size and weight and their long little legs. They're uh, they're just a tiny little owl. I guess. Yeah, let me look at an image of them. But I think the important thing is when you see them climb out of. They look like kind of like a traditional owl. Are you okay? I'm playing with your dog's face okay. right now. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they look like so like they're very closely related to like screech owls. Any of those smaller owls, so they have these very big present eyes yes. that are yellow. They're typically there is some variation between like the ones in Florida and the ones out west. Okay. Where they're brown and cream kind of spotted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main thing is again they're like an owl body where someone just took the legs and kind of stretched them a little bit. Yeah. To be on the grasslands. But they have a very curious face, but it can also be a very judgmental face where they're looking at you <laughs> like, what the fuck are you uh, doing? Resting judgmental owl face. Yes. But yeah, I realized I was like, oh, I haven't actually described them other than that they're super cute. Were you the person I was talking to recently about one particular owl species that has very long legs and like most of them is leg? I don't think so. I don't know who that was. Why did you find that out? It, like, they, they told me to Google it, and I was like, this is Photoshopped, but it's an actual owl species <gasps> that's mostly leg. Oh. And, like, the, you just pick up its body, and it's like... Just legs. Yeah. They keep going. We'll have to find that out. Yeah. So a couple of things about... Uh, fun facts about burrowing owls. Apparently, before laying their eggs... They'll often carpet the entrances of their homes, so their burrows, <laughs> with animal dung because the dung attracts beetles and other insects, which they can more easily catch and eat. Smart. Right? That's so resourceful. Um, they will also apparently collect, sadly, trash. So bottle caps, metal foil, cigarette butts and such to put at their entrance to kind of signify that this burrow is occupied. Interesting. But yes, they have different ways of signifying, like, this is my burrow. And then I read one article that said cowboys sometimes called them howdy birds because <laughs> it looked like when they're, like, at the entrances of these... So they often live, like, within prairie dog towns where all these burrows are if they yeah. steal them. But, like, the way that they they walk, they kind of nod their heads. So it looks like they're just, like, nodding to each other and greeting, <laughs> like, howdy, man. Yeah, west on these fields. And I was like, I love that. That's so great. We'll 100% call them howdy birds if need be. But in terms of conservation, so these guys are listed as endangered in Canada and threatened in Mexico. Interesting. However, that is not the case in North America. In America, they, in the United States of America. America. (laughs) Sorry, I'm back to my howdy birds. In the United States of America, they are RUC and red listed as least concerned, but the population is decreasing. But they are protected under the Migratory Bird Act. They're also, when I was reading, a lot of, they'll be listed as, like, in general, they're least concerned in the United States, but different states list them as, list them differently. Okay. So, like, some states have them listed as threatened, some have them listed as endangered, but overall least concern. Cool. But they are, again, population is decreasing, and major reasons for that, in North America particularly, is because there's a lot of control programs for prairie dogs that because burrowing owls often use their dens or have very similar dens get affected, and then loss of habitat as we lose prairie lands. In addition to that, the presence of burrowing owls conflicts often with 
development interests. Mm. So if you want to develop land, but burrowing owls are there, because they're a migratory bird, there's a lot more that has to go into developing. So there's a lot of conflict that arises because of that. So there's a lot of, uh, I read, a passive relocation technique, though, that has been applied successfully, in which they relocate birds by basically kind of like coercing them slash enticing them to nest somewhere else but on their own accord so basically like giving them being like hey check out this burrow it's much cooler and hoping that they will then rather than capturing them and transporting them there that they'll just choose that site over the site where they want to develop so a friend of mine Mm -hmm. at the audubon society has done this same technique with a species of tern out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh They had colonized on a particular island within a river, and it was not an ideal location for whatever reason. Maybe like shipping traffic, food source, disrupting salmon spawning, whatever it was. I can't remember right now. I can't remember my name right now. What they did was they ended up playing tern calls on an island further upriver mm-hmm. to entice the turns to go fly there and be like, whoa, this is so much cooler. Look at this yeah. new uh, real estate. Let's go, guys. And they successfully did so. Nice. And so that sounds very similar. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing I love about conservation is like for each species trying to, and for each location in each situation, like it's kind of like a game of like, what can we do that can be like, the least impactful on, like, the individuals. Yeah. And still relocate them so that everybody wins. For sure. A lot of times I feel like that is a lot more time-consuming than people want, but, like, that's... You have to, like, work with these species and work with these locations. But I thought that was really cool that they're, like, kind of, like, being like, hey, go check out this place. It's Isn't it cooler? And yeah. they kind of get the birds to move on their own instead of forcing them. But, yeah, so burrowing owls... They're, again, their population is decreasing, but they're doing okay. But yeah, a lot of problems with prairie dog conflict because a lot of ranchers don't like prairie dogs because prairie dog holes and henceforth then also burrowing owling holes. Cattle will move through and like bust an ankle on a prairie dog hole right. or something like that. Right, there's nothing worse than like tripping on a prairie dog So there's tunnel. a lot of, there's a lot of kind of contention there that the burrowing owls get caught up in, mm-hmm. but... They're doing okay, and they're super cool. I think the biggest thing is if you, you know, you're going out, you're out west, or again, even in Florida, I would love to see them in Florida. Yeah, gotta go do um, that. Look for them, especially in places where there's, again, prairie dog towns. You'll often see them just kind of hanging out within them. That's right. I, I gotta do that. That sounds so cool. And it was the coolest thing. So those are, we went from something pretty uh, weird looking to something uh, brilliant looking. Really cute. We really spanned the spectrum, if you will. Spanned the spectrum. Yes. That's what they say these days. I'm pretty proud of us for making it through this episode. Me too. Oh, buddy. I wasn't sure that we would. I I thought I was going to fall asleep halfway through. Well, I was talking. <laughs> I was like, wow, rude. No, 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 no. Was, Excuse me. I was talking about burrowing owls. With you, uh, I was completely captivated. With myself, I stopped li- listening halfway through. That's fine. I was listening the whole time. So at least we had one supportive audience I appreciate. I appreciate it. Um, but just a reminder, though, we are animal enthusiasts. We are not scientists. So please don't cite us in your academic papers. That would be a horrible idea. Do your own research. We just want to get you excited about animals like we are and hope that you want to learn more about them. But in terms of this episode, this uh, shaky episode. Was it shaky or was it just really good? I think it was pretty solid. 
I think that's when we when we're at our best is when I we're a little like, shaky. When we're a little bit tipsier, I think those are the better tipsy or tired. Maybe or, they are. I don't know. We'll see. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Tune in next time when we learn about more animals, their biology and habitat, and the threats they face, and what people are doing about it.